God, quit attacking man of God by name. Somebody's attacking me because of something I'm teaching. Let me tell you something, brother. You watch it. You're God in heaven. I wish I can just... Oof. They call out the ministry in my foot. You know, I've looked for one verse in the Bible. I just can't seem to find it. One verse that said, if you don't like him, kill him. I really wish I could find it. All right, we'll be talking about Benny Hinn today on The Truth Must Be Told. So stand by. He's just ignorant. He doesn't know any better than to tell the truth. It's the truth. I just want to report the truth. It'll be a nice change of pace. Okay? When in doubt, tell the truth. Edward, I tried to tell the truth, and it kicked me off the air. You can't handle the truth! And now, speaking the truth, even though it hurts, here's the host of The Truth Must Be Told, Sal Passos. Welcome, welcome to today's podcast. A big shout out to my listeners on ImpactRadioUSA.com and to all of you who listen on the many platforms that are out there. Uh, we're really getting out and people are beginning to listen more. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, before we begin today's show, don't forget to like and subscribe on this channel. Uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, uh, it, subscribe because that does help us move up. Thank you. The, the, the algorithm for Facebook, we're trying to get more, we're trying to get the truth out there and we really would appreciate more and more people uh, getting out and, and, and sharing this. Hi on Rumble for you guys. If, if for some reason I'm not here on Facebook, that's capital S-P-A-S-S-O-S-1 on rumble.com. And don't forget on Wednesdays, we have our Wisdom Wednesday series <laughs> where we study the from the book, Get Wisdom, Making Christian Heroes of Ordinary People, written by Ronald Kirk and you can get that. That's available on his website on uh, getwisdom.us and on Amazon as well. And of course, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can reach me at the truth must be told 93 at gmail.com where we do preach the truth in spite of it. And I love what Adrian Rogers has to say. He's one of my favorite preachers. It is better to be hated for telling the truth than loved for telling a lie. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the quintessential false teachers out there, Benny Hinn. I was first introduced to Benny, uh, Benny Hinn by a brother in a church that I went to a lot of years ago. Um, Now, he lent me some videos of Hinn's crusade and, you know, it's very exciting to see, uh, you know, the, the healings take place and all this stuff. And, but as I was watching these videos, something left me feeling very strange. There was something about what I was watching that didn't look quite right. You know, now I'm, I'm from a Pentecostal church. I've been, I, I've, I've, I, I'm a charismatic. As I said, I hate to say that sometimes with all the nonsense that's going on. But as I said before, the charismatic church is not the same thing I grew up in. It's changed. Um, but it showed Benny waving into a section of the audience and they all fell over. Okay, that's normal for him. But what was not normal is uh, what I finally saw after reviewing the tape over and over and over again. This is what I caught. As he waved his hand, one of Benny Hinn's workers who was standing in front of the crowd, he bent over as Benny waved his hand, and he body blocked the guy behind him. I saw this. It was clear on the video. And, uh, of course, the person behind him fell. Now, everyone was worshiping with their eyes closed and their hands raised. So naturally, like bowling pins, they all went down. And so thus I began looking at him as a huckster. Now, if the Holy Spirit was doing this, why did that man have to knock people over? Now, now, sadly, I do not have the video, and to be truthful. I've searched some of Hinn's videos, but it seems like all of the videos in that era, 
and it was around circa 1980s or so, were not available. My guess is that the camera work was called out and they decided to change their tactics because as I watched the new ones, we really don't see that anymore. Now, as the years went by, there was a major upset within the Assemblies of God Church, which was the church I grew up in. And uh, Jimmy Swaggart, who was a much-loved preacher in the Assemblies of God, was caught with a prostitute. It was suggested by the Assemblies of God that Stewart step down from his pulpit for two years, get counseling, and he would be able to return in good standing within the Assemblies, but he chose not to do that. So as a result, the credentials, his credentials were dismissed from the Assemblies of God, which is the biblical thing to do. Okay, I mean, you know, if a preacher is caught in, if somebody's caught in sin, you know, you have to expel them, and you you do this. Now, I'm not condoning what what Jimmy Swagger did by no means, and we're not here to talk about him today. But I'm using this as uh, as a as a as a launching point. All right. Uh, now they did the Assemblies of God did the right thing. The problem that the AG had is they lost one third of their missionary budget by losing Jimmy Swagger. Now, please keep that in mind as we consider. Now, excuse me. Shortly after Swaggart's departure from the Assemblies of God, the rumors were circulating that Benny Hinn was to be ordained into the fellowship. And um, let me read, and, it, and it, 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 this goes without saying that it ruffled a few feathers. So here is uh, a letter written to... Um, the assemblies, and it said this. This is from a pastor, Larry Thompson of Round Lake, Illinois. And he said, Brethren, with all due respect, I must add my protest to the many who have already received, concer uh, re re yeah, received concerning this decision. This is Benny Hinn being uh, ordained. As I understand credentialing policies, a candidate for ordination, whether from within or without or outside the AG, must have a track record of doctrinal correctness moral and ethical character, and a sound ministry and sound ministry practicing for at least two years. Based on this thesis, the evidence is overwhelming to support rejection of Benny Hinn's application, at least at this time. He doesn't need credentials to submit to proper authority and learn new ways. If Benny Hinn is sincere in his desire to make appropriate changes in his doctrine and practices, he would be willing to do what other Assembly of God ministers have had to do, uh, for example, prove themselves faithful and worthy of the trust placed in them as ordained ministers in this fellowship before ordination and not after. So uh, so that was, that was one of them. So what was the Assemblies of God um, reaction to this? Well, I have a letter, because at this time I was a Assembly of God minister at this point, and I did receive these uh, this information. But if you see here, this is from the General Council of August 10th of 1994, and it's from Thomas Trask, who was the AG uh, leader at the time. And he's responding to a, a, a brother, Malcolm, one of the ones who, who wrote in, distressed over this thing. And it's a Dear Christian Greetings, thank you for your letter dated August 4th. We appreciate your inquiry, inquiry relative to Brother Benny Hinn. I will endeavor to bring you to, uh, to update as to where we are with this whole matter. First of all, 
He has met with he has met with the credential requirements as prescribed by the Peninsula Florida District and General Counsel. He met with the second committee and the District Presbytery Board, and they forwarded his application to us. Insomuch as Executive Presbytery is the General Counsel Credential Committee, the Brethren, after reviewing it in this application, the, put his credentials on hold. This is for an indefinite period of time, and at this juncture, we are not able to say when it will be reviewed again. In sincere desire to help Brother Hinn be accountable for what he's, his stated reason was for wanting to become a part of the AG Fellowship, we have appointed a, what is called a committee of reference made up of godly men within this fellowship who are willing to make themselves available to him and, and to hold him accountable for doctrine, practice, procedure, and policy. I believe it will serve Brother Hinn well and also assist the brethren at a later date in making a decision for his credential application. I trust this helps clarify as what we as we are as a fellowship in this matter. We do not covet we oh we do cover your prayers. May the Lord richly bless you. And if you see this thing here that they had the committee, well a side note was put in. Within three weeks of this letter, Benny Hinn was an ordained minister with the Assemblies of God. Um so uh, now I don't know at this point, and I didn't get a chance to look it up before this podcast started, as to whether Benny Hinn still holds his Assembly of God um, uh, standing as an ordained minister. I'm not sure, uh, that's, but it's the, the point, uh, neither or less. So what's so wrong with Benny Hinn? Well, some of the things is his doctrine. So uh, t- take a look at this video and tell me what you think. Okay, hold on here. I'm going to bring you over. I'm going to start this video. God the Father, ladies and gentlemen, is a person and he is a triune being by himself, separate from the Son and the Holy Ghost. So what did you say? Hear it, hear it, hear it. See, God the Father is a person. God the Son is a person. God the Holy Ghost is a person. But Each one of them is a triune being by himself. If I can shock you, and maybe I should, there's nine of them. (gasps) What did you say? Let me explain. God the Father, ladies and gentlemen, is a person with his own personal spirit. With his own personal soul and his own personal spirit body. You say, I never heard that. Well, you think you're in this church to hear things you heard for the last 50 years? Is that enough? This alone should have been it. He says, each member of the Godhead has their own body, soul, and spirit, and thereby there are nine gods. And this should have been enough for anyone to reject his teachings. If, you know, it, it is, in it, okay, so I'm going to go on it because I want to, I'll, I'll just say, so please show me in the Bible where this is so you won't find it. Hin claimed that this revelation knowledge is from God. It's not. Now, he may not teach this anymore because it's, it's so controversial, but if, but if anyone claims to speak revelation knowledge from God, uh, it must line up with the Scripture, plain and simple. 
The problem with these false teachers <clears throat> is that they constantly say God told them or some other version of that statement. Now, here are some more of his, of his false doctrines. Now, let me, you're going to love these. Now, bear with me. Here we go. Adam was a super being when God created him. The scriptures declare clearly that he had dominion over the fowls of the air, the fish of the sea, which means he used to fly. Okay, Adam didn't fly. There's no scriptural, there's no evidence in scripture anywhere that even supports this statement. Here's the next one. May I say it like this? You are the little god on earth running around. Uh, no, we're not little gods running around, okay? That uh, there's only one God eternally existent in, the per in three persons, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So here's another reason why we need to reject his teaching. Uh, also, now we have false prophecies. Hear this. Spirit tells me Fidel Castro will die in the 90s. Okay, the Spirit tells me that Fidel Castro is going to die in the 90s. That's what he said there. He didn't die until 2016. False prophecy. How about this one? The Lord also tells me to tell you in the mid-90s, about 94, 95, no later than that, God will destroy the homosexual community of America. Now, uh, of course, this didn't come true. So hear what he said. God told me. Now, this is very, very dangerous. Okay? It's very dangerous. And you may say to me, oh, Sal, you know, he just says these other things, but the other things he says is good. No, they're not. And <clears throat> let me ask you this. If I went into my backyard and I took a little, just a little bit of dog poop from my dog poop's backyard, from the doggy's backyard, just a little bit, maybe a, maybe a dime's worth full, and I put that into a mix of brownies, okay, which are delicious. I love brownies. But I put that into my brownie mix, and I baked it all up, and then I gave it to you and said, yeah, it's got a little dog poop in it, but the rest is okay. You can." Would you eat that? No, of course you wouldn't. And so we have to, the Scripture tells us clearly what needs to be done with these false teachers. Uh, in Deuteronomy, it says this, but if the prophet who speaks a word presumptuously in my name which I have not commanded him to speak, or which he speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. You may say in your heart, how will we know that the, the word which the Lord has not spoken? Verse 22 says, when a, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, God told me he's going to destroy the, the, uh, the homosexual community in the 90s, okay, and that thing does not come about or come true. That thing, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. Second Peter says this, But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies non-God theory, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories. Their condemnation has long 
been hanging over them and their destruction has not been sleeping. Okay, these are some of the things. If the false prophet teaches out and it's something that God had not say, no, it is wrong. Uh, <clears throat> I keep going back to this Jeremiah passage that I I found, and in looking, it's, it's in Jeremiah 23. Let me read this to you. We have time. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you. They fill you with false hopes. They speak with visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise me, the Lord says, you will have peace. And to all who follow stubbornness of their hearts, they say, no harm will come to you. But which of them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see or hear his word? Who has listened and heard his word? Down to verse 21. I did not send these prophets, yet they, yet they have run with their message. I did not speak to them, yet they have prophesied. But if they had stood in my, my counsel, they would have proclaimed my words to my people and would have turned them and would have turned them from their evil ways and from their evil deeds. Jumping down to verse 25. I have heard what the prophets say, who prophesy, who prophesy lie in my name, who prophesy lie in my name. They say, I had a dream. I had a dream. How long will this continue in the hearts of these lying prophets who prophesy the delusions of their own minds? They think the dreams they tell one another will make my people forget my name, just as their fathers uh, forgot my name through Baal worship. Let the prophet who has a dream tell his dream, but let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. For what has straw to do with grain, declares the Lord. Jumping over to verse 30. Therefore, declares the Lord, I am against the prophet who steal from the prophets who steal from one another's words, supposedly from me. Yes, declares the Lord, I am against the prophets who wag their own tongue and yet declare the Lord declares. Indeed, I am against those who prophesy false dreams, declares the Lord. They tell them and lead my people astray with their reckless lies, yet I did not send or appoint them. They, knew, they do not benefit these people in the least, declares the Lord. That's Jeremiah 23, man. God is really, really upset at these prophets. He told in Deuteronomy, the prophet, false prophet has to die. Now, Benny should be glad that we're not back in the Old Testament days because he would be stoned. To say things like Fidel Castro will die in the, in the 90s, and he didn't die until 2016. To say that God will destroy the homosexual community, when that is absolutely not true. It didn't happen. In fact, the homosexual, the homosexual community is blossoming now in this country because we have neglected the things of God, and the church has become quiet and silence on these things. Yet we people will follow this huckster. They will follow Benny Hinn all over the place, hope to be healed when there hasn't been one documented evidence of his healing. Another pastor, Pastor John Green uh, III from Covenant Church in Greenville Springs, Louisiana, wrote this. 
to the uh, to the AG. All right, and he said this. He said, uh, two and a half years ago, a lady who attends a local charismatic church and who was an acquaintance of mine became ill, went to the doctor and began treatment. The doctor gave her medication and cautioned her that <clears throat> it should be it should have it could have serious side effects, affecting eventually especially affecting the liver. She began the medication treatment, read Benny Hinn's book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit, as well as a number of other books, and declared that she would trust God rather than continue her medication. Rather than follow her doctor's advice, she chose rather to believe Benny Hinn and the faith doctrine. She refused to go back to the doctor, all the while growing worse. Finally, relatives physically put her in a car and took her to the hospital where she was admitted and within a month died. Two weeks before her death, she called me to her hospital bed. Knowing the position that I have held, asked me to preach at her funeral. She explained to me that she had been foolish and unwise not to follow her doctor's advice. On her nightstand next to her bed was a full array of Benny Hinn's books, and she shared with me that, quote, these books and this man have killed me, unquote. She went into complete liver failure and subsequently died. She left behind four children. I preached her funeral at her request, and I preached on the title, Why Vicky Died. Benny Hinn must take responsibility for the consequences of his teaching. It was my suggestion to the family that they get a lawyer and sue him for malpractice. I will continue to give that advice, even if it, has, if it is an Assembly of God minister. In fact, being a part of the Assemblies of God may very well deepen the legal pocket. I'm sure you call to tell, I'm sure you can tell I am outraged. Now, Pastor Green continues, at risk of sounding negative, it is my opinion that Hinn's admittance into the Assemblies of God was for two purposes. One, for shoring up the sagging figures of the decade of harvest. That's their mission budget. Bringing on in Benny Hinn his church, which may or may not happen, to those who would have sympathetic, who would be sympathetic to him, would make us look good on paper. But that is for the, that is far removed from the reality of the kingdom of God. Secondly, it appears to me that it is an effort on the part of the assemblies of God to endure, endear our fellowship to the fringe elements of the charismatics. I'm going to address that in a minute. He says, I am not anti-charismatic, neither am I, by any means. I am against any error in Scripture, especially those errors which directly impact adversely, adversely the lives of those who are under our shepherding responsibility. We, are, we as a denomination must take responsibility for those in our watch care. Part of that responsibility is to ensure that the doctrine that they hear is pure water from the throne of God. If we do not discharge that responsibility, we will be held accountable. To endear ourselves to the lunatic fringe of the charismatic element is to do grave disgrace to whom we are responsible to minister to. <clears throat> that, that's a mouthful of words. But I want to address what he says here. He says, uh, he, he says um, that the... Fringe, he makes that quote, uh, in an effort to the assemblies to endear our fellowship to the fringe elements of the charismatics. Benny Hinn at one time 
was considered a fringe element of the charismatics. He, because of his erroneous doctrine, because of blowing on people and they fall over. Um, look. I, I trying not to get into too much here because we don't have much time. We have a few minutes here, but the Benny Hinn, Benny Hinn, Rodney Howard Smith, all of these NAR people, Joel Olstein, Joyce Myers, all of them, they used to be on the fringe of the charismatic charismatic movement. They used to be on the outside. People go, oh yeah, they're kind of weird, and we're not gonna. We're not going to deal with them. We're not going to, you know, do that. But look, now they're the mainstream. And it's people like myself who are on the fringe, okay, of the charismatic movement. <clears throat> do I believe in speaking in tongues? Yes. Do I believe that miracles can still place, take place? Yes. Do I believe we can lay the hands on the sick and they'll recover if God wills it? Yes. It's got to be God's will, not ours. We don't tell God what to do. God tells us what to do. God is sovereign Lord. He can do whatever he pleases to do. And we have no authority to tell him, you have to do this or have to do that. Yet the erroneous doctrine still continues today, that Christians can be demon-possessed, that, 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 you know, that, that uh, you know, we're little gods. And we explored that. Go back to the little gods doctrine. I did an episode on that. We're not little gods, okay? We're not little gods. That is the teaching that Benny Hinn teaches, that Joyce Meyer teaches, that all of these people teach. You're going to see that as we move and we go into this week by week. This is not what the Bible says. We've got people that are that are... You know, you got Joel Osteen who tells people, oh, yeah, God just wants nothing nothing but good for you. And uh, yet here, what do we read in, in, in Jeremiah? He was warned. They speak visions from their own mind, not from the mouth of the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise me, that be the unsaved, the Lord says you will have peace. And this is what Joel Osteen says. You'll have peace. You'll have the peace of God. Just say this prayer after me. You know, and, oh, if you said that prayer, then we believe you're born again. You know, and that's it. And now you'll have health, wealth, and whatever you want. And yet that is not what the Bible teaches. If you look at the prophets in the Old Testament, they, I, I'm reading Ezekiel right now, and I'm like, whoa, whoa. Listen to this. This is harsh prophecy. No wonder that the, the people hated these prophets and they wanted to kill them because they, they spoke out. We are in a time now where, uh, and I keep, I keep going over this again in Jeremiah, you know, oh, I am against those prophecies. I'm against those prophets, prophecy, those who prophesy false dreams. How many of these people have we heard? Oh, you know, <coughs> uh, oh, I, I was in a dream and God took me to heaven in a trolley car and, <coughs> you know, and oh, and, and, and this and that. No, no, stop. This is not of the Lord. We have to be very, very careful. And God says, they tell, they, they tell these, these dreams and lead my people astray with their reckless lies. Yet I did not send or appoint them. 
And yet these people, oh, I had a dream about this. And we go, oh, wow, you must really be a prophet. Oh, I see angels all the time. And we have angel whisperers, you know. Oh, I see angels, and they're in blue armor, and they're in gold armor, and they're in, uh, you know, no, no, stop. Put the, put, the, put the brakes on. This is not biblical. This is satanic teaching. I doubt any of these guys are saved or gals are saved. And they're leading people astray. They're leading people astray. If, if I can, and I have to agree, Justin Peters said this, and I agree with him 100%. <clears throat> if anyone who was saved and, and filled with the Holy Spirit teaches things outside of Scripture, I would think that the Holy Spirit would put a check on them. He would stop them and make them repent and turn around of that teaching. Uh, and but you say, well, Benny Hinn repented of his... Then, well, n- no, he didn't. He claims, I'm not going to preach sowing a seed anymore. And actually what he said was, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to preach giving $1,000 anymore. That's selling the Holy Spirit of God for a profit. But yet he's doing it still. You could get the end of his shows and say, you know, sow a seed right now. Do do it right now. Send the money right now. Sow a seed and see what God can do. This is not scriptural. All right, I challenge anybody, you know, send me an email. I'll be glad to talk to you about it. We need to pray for the people who follow Benny Hinn and all of those trapped in the prosperity movement. Benny Hinn is a false prophet. He's a false teacher. He is not doctrinally sound. I doubt if he knows the Lord at all. They use, they're using now, and I've gone over this over and over and over again, they're using New Age philosophy. They believe in the Kingdom Now philosophy. It says we're going to win back this world so in order for Christ to return. Christ doesn't need our help. In fact, things are, are heading, Jesus said, when you see these things taking place and begin to increase in scope and intensity, know that I'm near at the very door. And as we see these things take place, wow. I mean, that's all I can say. It's just wow, just wow, okay? And when I talk to other Christians online, I, I, I see the falsehoods, I see the, the heresies that they are so believing in, and they, they've got their heart set, and my heart breaks for them because they don't spend time in here. They listen to what somebody else says, or if they do spend time in here, they're not researching it. Oh, I'm just letting the Spirit of God teach me. <clears throat> okay, that sounds all fine and great, but what, when you come up with stuff that goes against what the Bible says when it doesn't make sense and it doesn't line up with other scriptures, we're going to be studying one of these false teachers uh, coming up soon, another week or two, uh, Melissa Redpill the Word. Oh, my goodness. She uses astrology. Oh, God gave me a new understanding of the book of Revelation. If somebody says that to you, you need to fl- run away from them. Run away. Okay? It's not scriptural. But it's all part of this 
kingdom now philosophy. We can win the world for the kingdom in order for Christ to come. Then we'll have, you know, we'll have that thousand years of peace. And they believe that some of these people believe that the, we're in the we're in the great tribulation now, or that's all in the past, or it's something. I mean, it's just just total, and I I mean this in love, ignorance, which means not knowing, total ignorance of the scriptures. They don't know. All right. <clears throat> I know that sounds kind of harsh, but I would I would implore you folks, listen. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to do that. You need to repent. You need to turn away from your sin. Give your sin to God. Let him know that you're sorry for what you've done. With a repentant heart, turn to him. I cannot save you. Only God can save you. And if something I've said today, you know, stirs up something within you, please email me. The truth must be told 93 at gmail.com. The truth must be told 93 at gmail.com. I'd be glad to to chat with you and pray with you and uh, help you out as much as I can. All right. God bless you. I will see you next week on The Truth Must Be Told. Take care. Thank you for joining me to our continue, in our continued study of Get Wisdom. Don't forget you can purchase your own copy of Get Wisdom uh, on Ron's website. It's uh, getwisdom.us, getwisdom.us, or you can uh, it's available on Amazon. Um, but I'm glad you're here. Uh, welcome to Wisdom Wednesdays on The Truth Must Be Told. We will be studying... Uh, the book, Get Wisdom, Making Christian Heroes of Ordinary People. And we're really excited about this study. We're, we're um, moving ahead. Finally, we are going to be beginning Chapter 2 today, which is really phenomenal. Uh, we're getting there. So I'm glad that you're uh, glad that you tuned in with me. Welcome to everyone who's tuning in, my uh, friends on uh, Rumble and Facebook, excuse me, on uh, YouTube. And uh, for those of you listening on Impact Radio USA, thank you for tuning in. We do appreciate it. And before we continue, do, do not forget to like and subscribe because that helps put, put, put us further up in the algorithm of YouTube. Okay, so today we're beginning Chapter 2, A Biblical Philosophy for the Christian Life. Uh, as you remember, over the last uh, few weeks we have been studying the introduction to get wisdom, uh, the book as to what it's going to uh, 
accomplish for you and how we're going to It'll help you to gain wisdom, take a biblical insight on everything that you do. Well, today we'll be doing uh, chapter 2, the introduction to chapter 2, which is a biblical illustration of true religion. So we're going to take a look at that today. And uh, we're going to start right out right now. Uh, Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgressions. And the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily. And delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Why have we fasted, they say, and, have, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, the day of your fast you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate, and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. It is a fast that I have chosen. Is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a feast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is it not? Excuse me. Um, is it not the fast that I have chosen to lose the, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out, when you see the naked that you cover him, and not hide yourself from your own flesh? Then your light shall break forth like the morning, and your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your mitts, the pointing of the finger, and speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually, and satisfy your soul in draught, and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water, whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. If you turn away from your, turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasures, nor speaking your own words, then you will sh then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on the hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now that is from Isaiah 58. American Christians need renewed biblical marching orders. 
much of life once considered important to the gospel, now serves only as a selfish purpose. We need godly correction of our path. Now, as I read this part in Ron's book, I couldn't help think of the prosperity preachers that are out there today. They teach false doctrine and promote, the, promote self-worth and, and wealth and health. It's a gospel of greed. Seek God for what you want, never mind the people that need help. Now, the children of Israel were not understanding why God would, did not bless them. They, they wanted to please God with religious service. They wanted to keep the Sabbath and do all these things. But Isaiah tells them that it is not that God is not asking for fasting and rituals. He seeks more. Isaiah asked the people whether they do not act merely for themselves rather than for God. God requires justice and mercy. He requires care for the widow and relief for the oppressed. Throughout the scriptures, God tells his people what he requires. Our purpose here focuses on the difference between the mere forms of religion only and true biblical religion. True religion, action upon a yielded heart, consists in all thinking and doing in God's way and not your our own. See, that's the <clears throat> that's the problem. This was the problem with Cain. I think what we're seeing in the world today, and this is these are my inserts, my thoughts inserting here. I think this is what we're we're seeing. We're is, we're seeing in the church today a religion of Cain. Now, if you know Cain and Abel in the Old Testament, the two brothers of Adam, two sons of Adam. Um. Uh, Abel was a tender of the fields, and when it's time to bring a sacrifice, he brought a burnt offering to the Lord, and Cain. He brought, um, he brought uh, the first fruits of his fields, and he was a tiller of the ground. But somewhere along the line of growing up with Adam and Eve, they must have learned that they have to use blood. A blood sacrifice was what God required. Uh, he, there's no atonement except through the blood. And we see Cain, who thought what he did would be an acceptable sacrifice to the Lord. But yet it's not what the Lord required. In fact, God tells him, if you have done what you're required, you know, would you be... Let me, let me read that to you, because I'm just thinking of that right now. It's not part of my notes here, but let me, uh, let me get into this here so I can exactly show you. So I'm going to be calling, uh, going over to... Um, Okay, so um, the Lord looked with favor on Abel's offering. This is Genesis 4, starting at verse 4. But Abel brought, uh, okay, so let's start it, listed a little before that. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked in the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel in his offering, but on Cain in his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? 
But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. So this is this is where I'm thinking with this too. Uh, as Ron says here in this last part of the sentence, true religion action upon a yielded heart consists all thinking and doing in God's way and not our own. If we do what is right, then it will be accepted. But if we do stuff on our own, it's not going to be accepted, and nor God can bless it. So, uh, we need to we need to uh, consider what God wants, and that uh, you know, in fact, the Scripture later on says that our righteousness is is like filthy rags before the Lord. Things that we do on our own to come before God is not going to yield anything. We have to do things. God was God's way. We have to find out what God's way is thinking, and the way we're going to do that is from the Scripture. Um, so that's that's very very important. And uh, and they shall be of thee, and and they that shall be of thee will build old waste places, and shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach the restorer of the paths to dwell in. This is also quoting from that Isaiah. Now, we need to look back on the old ways. This is this is what is important. What did God want done? How did he want it done? How do we incorporate the knowledge of God into our everyday life, no matter what, what, what we eat, what we drink, uh, what, what we work, we have to do all to the glory of God, and we have to see what God has. Now, there's a lot of been people have taken this to extremes. We've seen a lot of rules and regulations put into place. Uh, women shouldn't dress in pants, and men shouldn't dress in skirts, and and you know, and it, it, I mean, there's all. <laughs> they thought they didn't do that in, in those days. But my growing up in the early church, a woman couldn't wear makeup or 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 wear pants to church. She had to wear a dress. Uh, or keep your head covered, or men not covering your head during a church service. This was all. Um, this was all part of what we thought God wanted. You know, and and we need to ask ourselves: Is God in this? Does God want our uh, abilities to uh, our our own ways? Is this, this is what God wants? And if we look at it, and we have to look at it in the light of Scripture, which is why it's so important that we gain. God's wisdom on these things. Very, very vital that we that we seek the will of the Lord on these things. It's 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 extraordinarily important um, that we seek the will of God. Uh, Solomon cried out many, many times, you know, you know, we need to get wisdom. We need to we need to understand uh, we need to understand the 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 wisdom of the Lord and 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 uh, seek him and so we you know this this is important and it's not uh it's not something that we can just flippantly go by and say well i'll just you know if i just do this that and the other i'll be okay but you you have to implement the biblical principles into every area and facet of your life would god be pleased with what i'm watching on tv would god be pleased with what i'm doing uh when there's nobody else around 
These are things we need to look at, and that's why it's important we go back. We we go back to the old waste places and shall raise up the foundations of many generations. So we go back to the old ways. <laughs> we look at what our founding fathers did in this country, and we begin to look at the biblical principles that they implied and uh, implemented and 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 wow and we're going to really see some really shocking things when we do that and then we need to learn how to apply that to our life so we seek to respond to the calling of Jesus Christ generally and specifically in such a way that God also might also promote us to the office of repairer and restorer so that's important. Because God's reaching out. Jesus, the, the calling of Jesus, generally and specifically, we need to be promoted to places of uh, to be repairer and restorer. Now, if God would so promote us, we must know what He approves and how. Uh, we must know what He approves and how we may come to know what He approves. Obviously, we have a good hint in the above passage. Yet, life. In Christ consists of many parts, Micah 6.8. We're going to look at that in a moment. How may we acquire a God's eye view of ourselves so that we may glorify him and please him in a manner and practice of our life? And let you look at Micah 6.8 says, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Now, going back to this, where it says, where he said here, how may we acquire a God's eye view of ourselves that we glorify him and please him in a manner and practice of life? Again, he has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God. So this is this is important. Okay. And where are we going to find these things? Where are we going? Where has God shown us? He's shown us in his word. When you open the Bible, he's shown us there the requirements of what he what he wants for us. To do justly, to, to be just, to have mercy, to walk humbly with your God. I, I think um is it James that says true religion is is caring for the widows and the orphans? This is true religion, that we, we uh, reach out and not just show God how great we are, but how we reach out and uh, help those in need, have mercy on people, and to do what is right, to do what is just. Those things are very, very, very important. We human beings, in yielding to the fallen, sinful nature, do what is right in our own eyes. Christians must know that unless we self-consciously seek out God's revealed ways, we will likely default to muddy and sinful decision-making in life's paths. Isn't that the truth? How many times have we done things as, uh, as Christians and, and we say, you know, we, we don't follow God's ways and we wind up going down a path that is more likely default to muddy and sinful decision-making in life paths. So that's so true. Godliness and repentance begin with seeking God's mind and by faith making his mind ours. 
This is John the Baptist's intent in making straight the way of the Lord. He is preparing the hardened human heart to see spiritual things in a spiritual way. Likewise, Jesus said from the beginning of his earthly work, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 3. Thus, a major if not primary mission of Christ in his three years of earthly ministry intended to show that God's ways are not man's ways, but rather far superior. Men ought to respond accordingly. As an aid to such a response, consider the concept of biblical philosophy. Okay, so wrap this up really, really quickly here. Biblical philosophy. What is God's heart? What is God's mind? How does he want us to live? Again, we have to live according to his word. Um, this, the question is asked in the Old Testament, how can a young man keep his, 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 his life pure? By living according to your word. He mu- we must look to the Lord and apply biblical principles in every area of our life. If we are unwilling to do that, then as he said here, uh, we are going to wind up in muddy and sinful decision-making processes. And we're going to wind up being in the, we're going to wind up back in the mire. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But uh, we need to, uh, we need to continue. Godliness and repentance begins with seeking God's mind by faith, making his mind ours. This is what the this this is uh, what the scripture talks about. It when it says the re- renewing of your mind, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. It's talking about the way we think, that we align ourselves to think like the mind of Christ, and think like the mind of God Almighty, and let the Holy Spirit guide us into the pathways that we need to take. When we think as Christ thinks, or think as God thinks, we won't have any question about turning off something on the TV that may be lustful, because we know if we look with uh, on lust with a person, we're committing adultery with that person in, in our heart. Uh, if we if we we know we shouldn't, uh, the, because the cashier didn't ring up something, we need to bring that back to them and say, you forgot to ring this up. This is what's just. This is what's honest. This is what's holy. Okay? And so let me go back to this. He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, mercy and walk humbly with your God. This is what we need to do. When these things come upon us, Um, Keith Green had a song several years back, Make My Life a Prayer to You. I want to do what you want me to. Right? No empty words, no white lies, no token prayers, no compromise. Let us not compromise what the Lord has for us. Let us go forth with a renewed way of thinking, letting this mind that is in Christ be in you so that we will better ourselves. Okay, so we've, we've completed that section on biblical philosophy. Uh, next week, 
we are going to pick up. Uh, we will continue with chapter two. Biblical biblical philosophy defined. And this is when we're going to go and we're actually going to see what the definition of biblical philosophy is. So we'll get into this a little more deeply next week. And uh, just want to thank you again for, for tuning in um, to the program. We're getting a good response from, from folks. Uh, we've got folks on, you folks on Rumble are doing really well. Uh, don't forget to uh, hit the, hit the uh, whatever it is there, a Rumble OK or whatever the thumbs up is there on Rumble. Uh, on YouTube, we're, we're getting more and more people that are interested in watching. Thank you so much. If you have any questions, here's the email address. It's the truth must be told, all one word. The truth must be told 93 at gmail.com. The truth must be told 93 at gmail.com. And uh, you can reach me also that Truth Must Be Told 9-3 is also on Facebook. So you can uh, reach me there as well uh, through uh, the private messaging on there. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything like that, we'd be glad to hear from you. I'm very excited, uh, very excited for the response I'm getting on this. Please share these podcasts with folks. Let them know that we're beginning this excellent study on how to get, get God's wisdom implanted into our own hearts, how we could change our mind to that of the mind of Christ by diligent study of his word, by getting into things like we're, you know, like we should be doing, that we're called to do. And um, I'm just so glad you're here. Again, you can leave an email for me there. Um, you can, it, on, if you don't find me on YouTube, you can find me on uh, rumble.com. It's spasos1 on rumble.com. And uh, just, uh, you, could, you could find me there. And uh, just join in and, and listen, to the pod, listen to the podcast. And, and just let me know. Let me know what you're thinking. Uh, and again, like and subscribe. That would be really great for the, uh, for the program if you did that. And don't forget, you can get the Get Wisdom book by Ronald Kirk. It is on his website, which is, um, which is. let me bring this up here for you, which is https colon backslash backslash getwisdom.us. That's getwisdom.us, and you can find it also on amazon.com. Uh, just look up Ron Kirk or Ronald Kirk, and you will find it there. All right. Well, that's it for today. We appreciate you tuning in. God bless you, and we'll see you next week on Wisdom Wednesday. Take care. <laughs>